Smartcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So he's got a buddy who's in an improv troupe, and the improv troupe's name is Mr. Ass. So the <laughs> Mr. Ass improv troupe says, you play guitar, we need a band. Like, we need a band, like, like show up beforehand and play a couple of covers, and then when we do joke songs, you can be the band for Mr. Ass. He's the Mr. Ass house band. So he calls up his buddy from the old thing. He's like, don't you, aren't you, don't you miss playing music? Guys like, yeah, he's like, look, let's, let's do the Mr. Ass thing. So they pull together a band and that's the start of the hold steady is they're the house that band for awesome. Mr. Ass. So they're, they're the way, we're, we're going to have a counter for how many times you say Mr. Oh, Ass I'm super into it. Believe me, it gets funnier every time I say it. 50 years of music with 50 year old white guys. Uh, ben Barton, where are you in 2005? Oh, dude, the, the updates are over. Like, I'm in Nashville. You're here. You're... Oh, yeah. So I'm in the 2014, only 15, I moved to Slovenia for one year on a Fulbright. But otherwise, I'm just co-chilling in Knoxville. Wait, I'm sorry. You had a Fulbright? Oh, yeah. Oh, that comes later. Don't. That was Ben's so... Fulbright Odyssey is coming in 10 years. It's good stuff. That was so deftly dropped. I don't that even know. So that was such a perfect wow. humble drag. I'm in awe. A Fulbright. Uh, Jeff, when, uh, when do you go on the Rhodes Scholarship? Oh, sorry. It's just on the road. Sorry. Ah, that's funny. <laughs> it's funny. I'm on the road a little bit in this year, but um, I'm a, I mean, I'm about to be update-free for quite some time as well uh, so, after this year. But I'm half on the road, half back at work in 2005. Okay. And in 2005, this is the year that Rich Price gets dropped because the record company wants to focus more on Jessica Simpson's little sister. Yes, that's correct. They want to focus on a, a singer-songwriter that they think they can market better. So they drop us for Ashley Simpson. And it turns out to be the absolute right decision because she has a huge <laughs> top 10 hit. And Wait, we does she are, really? Yeah, Pieces of Me, which we used to cover, ironically, in the set <laughs> after we got dropped. I enjoyed that. We would do a medley of the single we did for Geffen into her single, and I, I got to admit, it was pretty good. But, Wait, could you um, pl play us a few bars of Pieces of Me here in 2005? No, we do not need to hear that. This is the song where she went on SNL and the, the ad lib, like, she got caught lip syncing and she blamed it on the band. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a disaster. They actually, that happened like three weeks after they dropped us for not being musical enough. And the uh -huh. irony was not lost on us. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. We are part of the Drive-In Podcast Network. Go to musiccitydrivein.com for all sorts of uh, great podcasts to fill your time. Um, I, I think there's a new article up on uh, the website, gentlemen. Have you nice. seen this? Name Bradley Cooper's best role. Oh, wow. What do you got? 
so this is going to hurt people's feelings, but okay. uh, Go ahead. The, the music, the mu music movie, he was amazing. It was so good. Star is he, born. He I just absolutely murdered it. I can't say how good he was in that. Okay. And I really liked the movie and I saw it with my daughters and I wept. Wow. <laughs> and I still haven't seen it. I still haven't seen it either. He does. He's great. He's he freaking it? great. Okay. That's yeah. what I, hear. I hear he's terrific, actually. He spent a whole year hanging out with Eddie Vedder, and he's doing an unbelievably hilarious Eddie Vedder imitation all the way through it. <laughs> That's pretty great. That's a great. It's show. like Eddie Vedder drunk. Eddie Vedder drunken on painkillers. That's okay. his. That's what he's got. I think we saw that show very early in Pearl Jam's career when right. Ed That's wasn't right. going to pull through. But um, I, I thought he was hilarious in Wedding Crashers. He's good in that. Oh, he was solid in that. That was his but first kind of early, big, big role. Yeah, I thought he was really plays. I actually think he's hilarious no, no, in it's the, Hot American Summer. He's great in that. Okay. I, I gotta go. It's not Wedding Crashers, it's The Bachelor Party. No, no wedding, wedding Crashers. Well, bachelor who is party. he in Wedding Crasher? He's the guy who punches Owen Wilson in the stomach at the, at the rehearsal. At the wedding. Oh, all right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with The Little Raccoon. I thought he was adorable. Oh, and uh, oh, yeah. yeah, he's great as that. He's yeah. great in that. I love the raccoon. I'm, I'm all in on the raccoon as well. <laughs> all right, gentlemen, 2005 is upon us. We're going to start things off with the Grammy winner today. Hit it, Jeff Simons. This one hurts my feelings. I'm just saying in advance. It's the Grammy winner. Sometimes you can't make it on your own by you too. This is our second U2 Grammy winner, and this is the song. They're both Grammys coming. The 2000s? What? What's the name of this song? You don't have to make it on What is it? What record is it on? Don't have to. On dismantle. It's on how to dismantle an atomic bomb. That's amazing. Sometimes it's like the 352nd best U2 song. I was going to say. Like that's how many? From, that's the one for Michael Hutchins though, right? That's why it won. Cause it's no, 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 no. It's not? Mike, no, Michael Hutchins is um, uh, the one um, stuck in a moment. Oh, right. Which I confuse with this one. Although that song is 50 times better than this song. Yeah, oh, this yeah. isn't. I can actually hum song. that song. I, I mean, like, I didn't know the name of this. As soon as I heard Bono, I knew what it was. But I mean, I, I can't, I, I mean, I have that record. Uh, isn't that the record they put on everybody's phone? No, that's the next one. This is oh, Vertigo right. and uh, Origin of the Species. It has a couple good songs on it. Yeah, it's, I mean, I had that record for sure. Yeah. I, um, but I do not remember that song. Not, Grammy I, winner. That Grammy just pisses winner. me off. I mean, is, I, it's like tears <laughs> in you too. There's just no excuse for that. Song well, but isn't it, isn't it the fact that the, the voters in the 1980s were too old? So the voters in the 2000s were influenced by you two in the 80s. And they're like, oh, it's, it's you too still. Awesome. I'm hip. Yeah, that might be the case. But I mean, uh, there's so many better songs. Like, how did that one even get be? How was that the one that they plucked to nominate? Right, well, the nominees, that. I think, are, I assume, are worse. Uh, Isn't there a Bad Springsteen record <laughs> this year? I'm sure the Bad Springsteen song is on uh, there. With Devils and Dust? Yeah. 
Oh, okay. All Not right. Well, let's favorite. let's move on. This uh, has "City of Blinding Lights." That's a much better song. "All Because of You," much better song. "Vertigo" is a much better song. I mean, they could have they could have nominated a U two track that it wasn't meh, but meh. that is. That's oh, a, dude, and also just talk. to clarify, I'm not going to choose it because I'm like I'm going to run out of picks. But uh, Gold Digger by Kanye West came out this year, like yeah. one of the best number one hits of all time. How is that not like, the, the that, grand, And also, grand that's grand got one. a hook from Ray Charles. They should have been like, wait, the part where he's talking, I don't yeah, like, yeah, but the Ray right. Charles that was good. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, I don't know why they didn't choose that. Yeah, that's that's unthinkable. I don't get that at all. Speaking of which. I uh, I did my due diligence this week, Ben Barton. I um, yeah. I've, I've kept my New Year's resolution. I've run every day. Uh, well, Ooh. you know, run walk, and I've listened to Kanye West every day. How's it treating you? Well, I I agree with you. With the sense of humor. I mean, there's some funny stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, the she's got a white friend looks just like Michael Jackson. She's got a black <laughs> friend looks just, like, just Michael like Michael Jackson. Jackson. So <laughs> funny. So, so there's a lot of funny stuff. Uh, a lot of great hooks. I, I think it goes all goes back to my Catholic upbringing and my um, my Puritan uh, outlook that oh I don't I don't want people talking about sex. Um, so just listen to Jesus walks. You're fine. Jesus walks. I <laughs> he's got a whole. On. He's got a freaking gospel record. Just listen to that one. I yeah. I, I went and saw him live on the gospel tour. So I mean. Uh, sad news coming out of Florida tonight that um, that uh, they're getting divorced. I know. I got oh, is that right? from my daughter. Yeah, uh, totally. That's sad. That's oh, a well. shame. That's we're really gonna... unexpected as well. Okay. We're gonna, First we're of gonna... all, they made it like 10 years. I know. They made it much longer than I thought they would. Yeah, I really got to say. Right. Like, I second... thought that was going to be a minute and a half. Like, uh, I'm not uh, take it the Kardashians fan, or I'm not really not a fan of her either. Okay. Um, that being said, like like her posts and writing about his mental illness has been really yeah. powerful. Actually right. the best thing she's ever done. And it's a public right. figure. It's amazing. I couldn't it's agree totally more. totally yeah. amazing. Like yeah. she's just like, give us some space. My husband's mentally ill. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, come on. That's now. really good. Yeah. No, um, I, I don't disagree with that at all. Live eight benefit concerts. Did, did anyone go to a live eight concert in 2005? No, but I watched the big one at Hyde park uh, on the, on the TV. Who do you and, remember? Uh, I remember Pink Floyd. Are you kidding? Pink Floyd reunites, plays their first live show in 25 years and sounds great. And all of their records go into the top 10 on iTunes the next day. No kidding. Really? The day after Live 8, <laughs> Metal, Dark Side of the Moon, Wish You Were Here, Animals in the Wall are five of the top 10 downloads. And oh, they got offered like $20 billion to do a stadium tour. And uh, they all told them they couldn't stand each other. They barely made it through the 15 minutes without punching each other at Live Aid. But oh, they, really? I they, they were, they they were terrific. Oh. And, uh, and I'm not a Pink Floyd fanatic. In fact, I think they're overrated, but uh, they stole that day and they were great. They're here with me, right? It's, it's Waters. Waters is a jerk. Yes. Gilmore's got to be a nice guy. I think Gilmore's a pretty great guy and just kind of lazy. He's like, why would I drag my ass all over the world? I'm worth $180 million. Like, I can stay sure. home and eat a turkey sandwich. And I, I'm at an age now where I'm like, yeah, that kind of makes yeah, sense. Yeah, that's not lazy. No, and also, why would, I put, why would I put up with Roger Waters? Like, yeah. there's just no upside to this relationship at this point. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's accurate. So there were sure. concerts in London, Philadelphia, Paris, Rome, Berlin, Moscow, Edinburgh, Johannesburg. I mean, really spectacular. Um, how did I not know about this? 
Um, what was happening in 2005? Maybe it seems like it was a little. The eight looked a little sexual to you, and the poster, so you didn't. <laughs> no, and also, you eventually have four children. How many children do you have in 2005? I only have one. I think I we should keep one. a running tally because at some point, it's like there's a clown car in there. Like, there should be like a little number in the corner, like ping, ping, <laughs> that, like tells us where you're at. That's for sure. Okay, all right. Let's move on here. Um, the IRA announces an end to armed conflict in 2005 and gives up wow. all their weapons. Oh, it's amazing. I never thought I'd see amazing. that. Yeah, me You're too. with me, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just assumed that was like the Palestinian stuff, like, well, that was just going to go on like generations. But yeah, I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, looking uh, towards uh, Sinn Fein and the government uh, for, for change. And it's weird. I don't know about y'all being 51, or I, I guess, I don't know. Are you 51 yet, Timmy? Not yet. <laughs> well, maybe you'll reach wisdom. That's why he's running every day. He's holding on to it for another couple months. <laughs> totally. But dude, like, I try and remember when something like that happens, and like, it's a similar thing as the gay rights stuff, is where I'm like, right. oh, I should really celebrate that. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. when, I, when something's messed up, I mean, there's a lot that's messed up that I dwell on. And there's plenty of reasons to do that too. But on the other hand, you want to celebrate the stuff that works out where you're like, oh, good Lord, I never, ever, ever thought that would end. And look at what happened. Yeah. So, speaking of which, Canada um, uh, legalizes gay marriage in 2005, which I, I think, you know, you, you start to have that momentum, which yeah. is going to eventually make its way to the United States. Thank you, Canada, for paving the way. Let's go to some sad news. Um, Jeff, do you have our song ready? There's something foreboding about that song. And uh, 2005 was the year that the levee broke in New Orleans. Uh, just awful. Hurricane Katrina makes landfall. Thousands upon thousands are displaced. Uh, 1,600 die. 80% of New Orleans is just flooded um, at this time. And we had kind of a, an American refugee situation where folks from New Orleans were traveling all around trying to find new homes in other cities. Um, first of all, real quick, I totally get what you're saying about Led Zeppelin's drummer, which you said from an earlier podcast. That's a heavy drummer. Yeah. yeah. I mean, boom, boom, really good yeah. stuff. Uh, what do y'all remember about Katrina? I never, I remember thinking, I wonder if I'll ever be as mad at my government as I am right now. I think okay. I remember thinking like I've never been more angry in my living life at my government than I was watching the pathetic response to that tragedy. And, and now I look back like if only right, I could right. be that angry at my government as opposed to the level that I'm at 15 years later. If we could have Brownie, me, was the, Brownie in was, charge of vaccinations, we'd be doing oh, a lot better right sake. now. I remember that. I remember... Um, we talked about it last podcast. I remember Kanye uh, calling right, out right. Bush. I remember going to see um, the um, Dirty Dozen Brass Band 
um, like four months later in San Francisco and they uh-huh. were, they were playing and they, they broke it down. The guy was like, Hey, who here's from new Orleans? And you're like a whole bunch of like, woo. And he's like, well, show me your FEMA card, motherfucker. Like it was this amazing, like, wow. like new Orleans was destroyed, but then the people who were from there also, um, leaned into that identity of being from new Orleans in a way that I found really heartbreaking and, uh, so those are some those are some things yeah. I still carry around with me. And I had just been to New Orleans for ten days and spent some time with some old friends and had really fallen in love with it. And uh, and it just it just killed me that um, it never did come back. Like it was all this like oh we'll come back we'll rebuild and it just that was it on some level. Like some of the a lot of New Orleans' heart and soul has not returned. So. It's still super fun to visit, though. I yeah, can't it recommend it enough. It's great. I mean, I, like, I hear what you're saying, but I don't think that's fair. Like, um, I brought the girls. The girls and I did, uh, and India, too. We did a super fun <laughs> Nashville. Oh, and my beloved wife. Right. Nashville, Memphis, <laughs> right. New Orleans, Natchez Trail, back to yeah. Mobile. And that was an electric trip. And New Orleans was the highlight of it. Food was amazing. We went to Preservation Hall. Georgia Today, we were actually just got the Preservation Hall t-shirt on. Uh-huh. Like, it's still, like, it's still happening. Yeah, I guess you're right. I just remember in those, like, I remember. Oh, I'm not trying to say what happened was great for them. It was no, horrible no, no, I'm for just them. Saying, like, it has to come have, all the way back. I'm just saying. I have a friend who never was able to move back into his house because the ground was just too toxic. Like they, it cost too much to dig deep enough into the earth to replace it with dirt that wasn't so effused with waste and problems that it would give them all, it would kill them all to live on top of it. And so he Ugh. just apartment, 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 and then bat, you know, somewhere else, you know, and that, that, there were so many i know like i mean i work with people i know people who just they they're they're the living conditions deteriorated to the point where they couldn't afford to fix it and then they they left with the intention of coming back and they didn't so i you're right that the city has survived but um i still feel like it's not 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 know. every neighborhood came back no not dude there's a hundred thousand people yeah. who don't live there anymore i mean right. so it's like that that and that that's not good news. Well, yeah. it begs the question: should, should an American city be built below sea level? Oh yeah, I don't know. <laughs> okay, I, I mean, actually you're talking to a guy who lives on the San Andreas Fault, so I'm. I mean, yeah, I love the fact that it's gonna come a time when we're gonna look pretty stupid. As yeah, well. you, you had an earthquake this week and you didn't even notice. <laughs> yeah, if they say- happen between four and six a.m. We sleep through them. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> One other lesson that I learned from that, and this is sadly a lesson that I keep relearning, is that was a black swan event. Like there have been a lot of hurricanes that came through New Orleans and those levees had held since 1880, basically. Yeah. And I remember when the evacuation happened, I was like, ha ha ha, I probably would have stayed. I mean, what are the odds? And then I was, and then uh, 12 hours into it, the levees held and I was like, ha ha ha, look at that. And then yeah. 15 hours, I was like, well, I would probably be dead. Like that yeah. wouldn't work out for me at Golly. all. So yeah, yeah um, you know, just past performance does not guarantee future results. Like you just have to remember that. Yep. But a great, great city. I was there in 96 uh, for the Patriots Green Bay Super Bowl. Was that 97? I can't remember. But I remember being at a club. Um, and I, I, that was the night I started dating a music journalist from New Orleans. Uh, great woman. And we were in a club. And I'm like, this band's great. And she's like, they're so great. I see them all the time. And I'm like, what's their name? Any guesses? They didn't have any singing. Any guesses? Galactic? 
Yeah, there yeah. you go, Ben Barton. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, love Galactic. A small, tiny club, and Galactic was just crushing it. Um, they do have right. some really dirty samples sometimes. Yeah. Sorry, what? I like, they're good, though. They have some dirty samples. There's a minute and a half song, and I can't remember the name of the song, where the sample is just, hey, motherfucker, hey, motherfucker, hey, hey. Okay. And I love that one. See, that's my Catholic, <laughs> my Catholic radar is going off right now. I'm uncomfortable pursuing I'm this. I what that is. One of the All greatest, right. one of the most fun, <laughs> irresponsible nights of my life was in New Orleans. I, I, uh, I was visiting a friend there, and it was like midnight. He, he played a set. He was a clarinet player, and he played a set. He's like, hey, let's go see my friend. And uh, we jumped into his car and we drove like, you know, left, right, left, right, left, right, right in the right. middle of nowhere. And we went to some place that had like the red beans and rice and you paid a dollar. And it was this young kid on trumpet. And my friend sat in and then the, the kid was like, come on, we got to go to another place. And we jumped in the back of his pickup and went like even deeper in the middle of nowhere. And we were at till seven in the morning and it was Kermit wow. Ruffins that got the star of Treme. Uh -huh. so I spent the night like like going from juke joint to juke joint watching Kermit Ruffins just wail with like four different bands. I've, that and, is uh, so fun. That story is so much cooler than I am, but it was that was an incredibly <laughs> fun night. So every time Kermit Ruffins comes out, I'm like, hey, it's my Never tell about the time. I mean, he wouldn't know <laughs> me to save my life in a billion years, but that was a fun night. All right. Well, we got to get to the number one hit of 2005 which is F also not kanye west which i do not understand how that is possible yeah it's in fact bad. this was i yeah this un, again surprisingly strange it's the number one hit we belong together by mariah carey oh i know this one this is mariah you got it Plenty, Jeff Simons. Hey, Jeff, do you have Do, no. yeah. <laughs> do you have Do It Again by Galactic from Yaka May, 2010? It's a minute uh, and eight seconds. I'll find it. Here, talk, talk about that one while I find uh, it. Mariah That's Carey, the, once again, hanging out, hanging around. As well. I You got the idea. I love that. The whole Play time. That's, that's the whole song. <laughs> that's it. Dude, it's a minute long song. I'll listen that... to it going into work to get fired up. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll play it before my class starts tomorrow. Oh, you should for sure. It's a, All right, kids. It's an authentic New Orleans statement. 
So, Jeff Simons, you said uh, this is something we could get off YouTube, correct? Yeah. It is in 2005 where three PayPal engineers leave PayPal. Oh, wow. I think they start, start YouTube? Above, they start above a pizza joint in San Mateo. Uh, and they start YouTube. How about that? Isn't that great? A that year can, later, that, they sell it to Google deal. for $1.65 billion yeah dollars I think a year later more than now they really oh i they that really should have <laughs> they should have so um but i'd love to know we've all gotten lost in youtube um looking at concerts or interviews or, or or different i always go back to early 80s videos uh what's something that youtube has brought you that has enriched your life musically Musically, I usually uh, when I'm down the YouTube rabbit hole, I'm watching people hurting themselves by falling compilations, which okay. is a super guilty okay. pleasure okay. of mine. Like okay. guys skiing off roofs into kiddie pools. Like I, <laughs> what? I love those. But um, <laughs> I find um, I find live footage. You know, and it's more recently. Like everything's up there now. Like people are just right. like the stuff that people kept and coveted and wouldn't share, and that you had to like trade on the internet via vhs like it's all up there now and uh, right. the most recent thing is um i found an elvis costello and the attractions performance from french tv in 1979 at the middle of the armed forces tour where they just play four songs in like 12 minutes at 150 miles an hour like bang, 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 bang. <laughs> it's one of the best clips of live like live on tv music i've ever seen and like i'm already an, a huge elvis fan but it just like right. reinvigorated my love for those early records so i that's when you ask that question that's what comes to mind as a recent well, send send me that link so i'll send it out on our uh oh, okay. on our 50 years of music twitter uh what are you about what about you ben barton jeff have you done this uh the youtube thing where you, i just sit down and I try and write out my the 20 best concerts I've seen. And then you just uh -huh. search the date yeah. and the name of the concert. And it's yep. on YouTube. And it's it amazing. blows your freaking mind. Yeah. I mean, the Bonnaroo one's obvious. I mean, I've been to every Bonnaroo since 2006, basically. Right. And so I can just go through. Like, I, I got all the posters behind me. Yeah. And you can yep, just yep. look at the bands. And I'll be like, oh, I wonder if they got that ready ahead. I mean, they've got the, that entire show. Is they have up. everything. Yeah. 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 Um, and it's just amazing. Like, we did the stupid... Uh, Pearl Jam 2001 show or whatever 1999 show that entire right. show is on there like I got to watch so cool. live again when they play breath like so yeah it's just incredible I mean some of them are grainier some of them are worse like there's like the first Radiohead show I saw um since 2006 was this Atlanta show that's not a famous show it's just like it was just the one that I went to that entire show is on there and it's like somebody's cell phone from behind somebody else's head but there it is like the <laughs> there. it's exactly all the beats are there yeah it's, it's awesome. amazing I actually so have great. found band so slam awesome. dancing at Bonnaroo on <laughs> YouTube yeah. and sent it to him I've like taken you screenshots. did oh yeah because one year I couldn't go and he, he texted me like I was just slam dancing with my shirt off in the mosh pit to this band i feel young again so i went to youtube you found it found it like 20 minutes later i was like is this you he's like yep everything was amazing <laughs> oh like, we gotta oh, get that I mean, up as well i want that second, link it's my second favorite technology moment my favorite was when um a friend took my son will to a giants game and the friend turned out to know the owner and they were sitting right behind home plate and uh i'm watching the game and there's my kid there's my kid like in the second row. So I call my friend and I'm uh -huh. like, 
tell Will to wave at me. And then the little kid on TV, like, wave. <laughs> I'm like, I am God. I'm making people do things on television, you know? <laughs> on TV, no less. That's amazing. amazing. Uh, all right. Well, we haven't done a contest in a while. Let's do it. Are you guys ready to match wits? Oh, uh, boy. It, it is in 2005 <laughs> where Liberia elects, elects the first woman president of an African country, Ellen Johnson Sirleaf. So out of the six of the seven inhabitable continents, name a woman leader from each. All you have to do is oh, name God. a woman president, a woman leader, and then you name the country and we'll close out that continent. Uh, I'm ready when you are. Margaret Thatcher, Europe. Excellent. Europe is closed. Jeff Simons. Uh, Corey Aquino in the Philippines. I don't know what continent that that That's Asia. Asia. Uh, I, I think I get a half a point for saying that the Philippines are in Asia. <laughs> I feel like I won part of that. <laughs> All right. So, Ben Barton, it would appear you have North America, South America, and Australia and its islands left to you. <laughs> so mean to me. You're the worst. <laughs> Uh, let's see. I'm out. I'm done. You're out. Ava Perot in Argentina. Oh, oh nicely done. That, That's a I, good one. I, I should know the name of the president of New Zealand. And I yeah, what's the North America one? Has there, has there been a, a Canada or Mexico? No. no. Wow. That... Not Canada, not the United States, That's not Mexico. Oh, so colossally unimpressive. And Australia? Australia must have had a female prime minister. Oh, do, does a New know. Zealand woman count? Can I count her as part of Australia? Yeah, I, I don't know her name. She's the awesome woman who beat COVID. So now <laughs> okay. I'm ahead again. I like it. <laughs> COVID, COVID queen. In, and uh, North America And failed. she had a baby, too. She was, like, pregnant when she got elected. She's a she's badass. The greatest. She is the greatest. Yeah. She's yeah. great. All and, right. And With my them. half point for the Philippines now, I'm going to call them a win. <laughs> these mean. contests are just Jeff dunking on me and me claiming victory. <laughs> that is so not the case. <laughs> I had to go to Evita to hang in it for the tie. I would, that was dreadful. All right. This is not a contest, but Good. maybe it could be. Maybe I'll judge both of you off of this. Uh, sadly, in 2005, we lost Don Adams, Johnny Carson, and Richard Pryor. Hmm. I want to know, out of those three, uh, which person has the most indelible moment in your mind like there's a scene there's a joke there's something that immediately pops up oh prior by a mile yeah my uh, dad when i was i think i he was either late elementary school or early middle school i got <laughs> into stand-up comedy and live at the sunset strip came out and okay. uh, my dad and i was like i love richard Pryor, and my dad was like fine we'll go see richard Pryor." so we went to the <laughs> plaza theater on flatbush avenue in brooklyn terrific matinee wow. a saturday matinee in the 70s and I could barely see the screen from the pot smoke. Like it, everyone got high <laughs> as hell. And I was like, dad, what is that smell? And he was like, that's marijuana. Like he's just went ahead and sold me. <laughs> so that's burned on my brain for sure. Mine's <laughs> a little more suburban, but I, we, right. got a, we got a VCR, which was like one of the greatest events of my teenage life. And the first tape I rented was the Richard Pryor live at concert where he's wearing the red suit from Santa Monica okay. in 1978. And uh, I watched it. And then 
we, I was supposed to go to bed and I snuck out and I watched it again with my ear pressing <laughs> TV because I wanted to hear it all again before I had to take the tape back. It was so unbelievably funny. There are so many funny jokes in both of those specials. Like the part of the Sunset Strip one that you saw, Ben, that kills me is when he's in the back with the mob guys and they're telling the story and he's, like, he's saying like, please don't kill me. It was hilarious. He's like, Richie, you don't look so good. Like I just, <laughs> prior, prior by, a, by a mile. I, 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 Don Adams, I got nothing for it. And I was too, we're too young for Carson. Like I did time, like Carson. I've got a I liked him, but he was already like a caricature of himself by the time we were staying up to watch this night show. That's like, true. I feel like his his great moment was the 70s. And he for me, I was just not watching The Tonight Show in 1978. Oh, dude, one great YouTube rabbit hole is stand-up comedians on The Tonight Show. Yes, it Especially is. Especially Rodney yeah. Dangerfield. Yes, yes. The Rodney Dangerfield clips it. will just Crushes make you want to puke how yeah. funny it is. <laughs> incredible. So He's funny. Incredible. <laughs> All right. Well done, John. I just actually heard. I just we. I just watched one of those, Ben. The, the, my favorite new. My new favorite Rodney Dangerfield joke is. Uh, I don't get no respect. I show. I. I'm on a blind date. I show up in the corner. This woman says, "Are you Rodney?" I say, "Yeah." She says, "Never mind." Walks away. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite song of the year there were a lot of good records this year um 2005 had a bunch of, of uh records i played a lot and like just records i really really enjoyed over and over and over again and like still like i got a bunch of there's a bunch of ben barton heavy ben barton influence on the list this year so i'm leaving some of those out with the assumption that he might pick up but i'm gonna single out ben folds in 2005 oh yeah and this is my favorite uh, Ben Folds solo record. I fell in love right away with Ben Folds 5's first record, the self-titled debut. I thought it was awesome. It was funny. It had tons of energy. I loved that Darren Jesse used a fuzz pedal on the bass. The drumming was totally unhinged. And, and Ben Folds played piano like, I mean, it, it was like an attempt to update the Jerry Lee Lewis, Little Richard thing, but do it through this kind of sneering college rock uh portal and i thought it was a total success and then i didn't love the next two records as much and then he went solo and he lost the thread for me a little bit the music got a little more polite he, he restrained it a little bit but in 2005 he put out a record called songs for silverman and i just i loved it from the first line the old bastard took his something in his shoes um and i thought <laughs> every song one after another were just great um and I kind of, I, I fell for him again. Like I, I forgave him the kind of overly cutesy stuff. Sometimes the songs are just jokes and they're throwaways. And then sometimes right. I wish he would like, he would like, you know, empty out the throttle again. But, um, but Songs for Soma is just great. He's a great player. And he's, a, he's, a, he's involved in lots of things I really admire. Like when I hear other bands or I hear another artist, I'm like, boy, I like the sound of that. Like Ben Folds is like, in that group or he would that guy was in ben folds's band or ben like helped finance it like he's just got his he's got his fingerprints on a lot of great music over the last 15 years um and my song is jesus land which is uh um not usually my thing it's it's kind of mid-tempo okay a little restrained but 
I just think the song's perfectly recorded. Like there's just all these little touches, this quality of the bass guitar sound, the use of the cello, the when he uses an electric keyboard instead of the straight piano, the background vocals. And I think it captures the malaise of suburbia in ways that I that I'm a sucker for. Like I really liked Rush's subdivisions when it came out because <laughs> I just loved that idea of like the sprawling middle of the country where you're moving slowly from frozen yogurt to frozen in yogurt the shopping malls. Yeah, exactly, man. <laughs> and Jesus Land is from is just right up my alley and that upgrade okay. for that. Like just and because and and Jesus Land works for me because Ben's critical without being dismissive. Like when Ben is sneering and dismissive, like that song about fat people that he does coming out of McDonald's, like it's funny, but it, it only goes so far with me. It's when he's empathic and critical that right. I think he just hits the nail right in the head. And this is like one of his one or two best songs. Jesus Land by Ben Folds. <laughs> is that from Ben Folds 5 like there's yeah. such control I love that, that line have. beautiful McMansions on a hill that overlook a highway I mean there are there are thousands of American landscapes that I've yes. driven past on interstates that look exactly like that and I also love um, uh, this song works on the record it's got the extra strings and all this beautiful but there's a version of Jesus Land that's just a trio playing at like a Tower Records like come Ben Folds has a new record, like, you know, afternoon publicity thing that went, that was so good that he released it as a single. And so it's just bass drums, guitar. I mean, bass drums, piano, Ooh. and his vocal. You can probably find that on YouTube. Yeah, you can't, you might, that would be the kind of thing you could, you could rabbit hole on <laughs> YouTube. And, uh, and it's, it's the song holds up completely stripped down as well. Um, and yeah, I, uh, Ben's go, ben goes up and down with me. Like he reunited Ben Folds 5 in the early 2000s. I, I thought it lacked the kind of lightning in a bottle that he had before. But, um, but I will always give everything he puts out um, a chance, basically based on this record and the first two 
Ben Folds Five Records. But I love this song. It's great. It's great. Yeah, so I, I do like this song. I particularly love this record. It hurts my feelings. I mean, it's hurt my feelings that this is your selection. Because you want me to pick Gracie, right? No. No. No, no, okay. no, no, no. Dude, there's a single song on this record that I strongly associate with you. Sad to report. And your divorce. Landon. Oh, wow. <laughs> great. Yeah, Landon's he great. Landon is the one that always makes me think of Jeff. And that basically, the reason I like Landed best, and then I like Late Second best, that's oh, the Lake's one about um, uh, Elliot, Smith. Elliot Smith killing himself. Yeah. Is oh, those two songs are super, super raw. Yeah. And the version of Ben Folds I Can't Stand is the Too Clever by Half. Yeah. Um, like, I think you actually, you like the one that's him and Nick Hornby, right? I don't like it. Oh, there's one. No, no, no. That record's, that record's, except for one brilliant song called I don't like Belinda. that one either. I know the one you're going to choose. I don't oh, like that Oh, Belinda's one phenomenal. And the rest of the record, you, I could take or leave. But Belinda is, is incredibly good. But there's only one great song on that record. And I, but, for the reason that you, you're about to explain, like there is something twee about him that can be really irritating. Yeah, no, for sure. And that was what Late and Landed are just so raw. You know what I mean? Like Landon is about his own divorce and it's just a heartbreaker. Yeah. Um, he's flying from LA back to, I guess, Maryland. Where's he from? Is he from Maryland? North Carolina. North Carolina. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and he's like, he's calling and he's like, pick me up. I've landed. And it's got the double entendre. Like I've landed from being crazy with this woman and I've landed to come and visit with you. Yeah. And then late is just the story of him. Like in these, you know, the same place as Elliot Smith place, like all of these midsize venues. Um, and thinking about Elliot Smith, who is his, buddy killing himself it's brutal um, uh, i like jesus land and basically i like this whole record um but this one's more like think pc to me you know what mm. i mean it's like a reflection on america in a way that i just prefer his raw stuff yeah i can hear that it's just so beautiful though like oh no that. dude it's gorgeous it's gorgeous i i, I see him i sing that song walking through the kitchen like it's like a accidentally and out of nowhere at least three times a year and there's a lot of wow. music running through my head and jesus yeah. <laughs> finds its way to the top a lot like it's a it's just such an earworm for me i'll also I, recommend him as a live act He's oh yeah tremendous oh, tremendous i saw him in ben folds five way 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 yes. back in the day he every time he he lives in nashville so he plays he's played bonnaroo a bunch and every single time it's great he gets the yep. whole audience in you sing three-part harmony it's amazing yeah, my friend Jim uh, drummed for him for two tours. Oh, nice. And, and just said it was like playing with Ben is like just a pure joy. Like the guys just, you get on stage with him and it feels like you, you're just going a thousand miles an hour. So. so I have a bizarre question. And it's totally loaded. And, and I think you guys are going to dunk on the whole idea. But why aren't there more piano lead singers of bands. I mean, there's Elton John, there's Billy Joel, there's Ben Folds. Why aren't there more? You got a lot of people with guitars. Do you want to handle got, this, Jeff, or no? You got level 42 <laughs> as the bass, sing, bass player, lead singer. I think there's, there's a couple of things. One, uh, I think piano players tend to overplay because they're used to accompanying themselves. And so they write parts that are incredibly complicated and it's really hard to build a band arrangement around them unless you're writing from the point of view of a band is going to play this. So frequently I find with piano singer songwriters, they've written something so complicated that they haven't left space 
for it to come to become a band song. And so they play by themselves or they play as duos or they end up writing a whole lot of ballads because they're moving right. all over the keyboard. It's like you pick up a guitar and hit a G chord. And you're like, I can sing over that. And then I can put four other people who bring their own thing to it on top of that G chord. It's like guitar players, in my experience, write more skeletally and that just lends itself to arrangement band piano players forget that like if i write something complicated in my right and left hand and sing over it there's not much left to do without burying or getting in the way of the thing you've constructed i would say that's my first that's the first thing and then second like it is really hard to travel with a piano i mean i'll just say like i mean when when i play a gig and the piano player is like now i play a real piano so you have to get there early and we've got to get the piano on stage i'm like I'll let somebody else do that. Like, if you're not playing an electric keyboard in 2010, if I have to lift a 400-pound instrument on the stage so that you can feel authentic, like, I'm already pissed off. So, like, oh yeah, Ben folds towards with an entire piano. Yeah, oh yeah, the, oh, yeah. The, the, the not like even a stand-up piano. Like, no, yeah. and not Full. even like a, not even like a suitcase, like broken down. You know, there's plenty of pianos out there that have real strings and electric that break in half and you put in the trunk of your car, but like. So I don't know. What do you think, Ben? Would you add to that? But that's my first. Oh, I would totally add to that, which yeah. <laughs> is that the piano and the keyboardist is the sound of musicals. And the Saturday Night Live skit, and I can't remember the name of the guy. He was like, give me a C, a bouncy C. <laughs> and then he writes his song just boom, do, 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 yeah. on the piano. Martin Short. The piano is naturally cheesy. It's a problematic <laughs> instrument. Wow. It's fine as a support instrument, but as soon as oh it's the lead God. instrument, it's super, super cheesy. The best you can hope for is Avenue Q. The piano cannot. <laughs> it's bad. So Ben takes it a little bit further, right. but I, I totally mean, get where he's coming from. All letters should be addressed to the people speaking, not to <laughs> 50, not to the organization as a well. whole. All right. Well, but let's, I mean, you uh, that's, would you disagree to like when you listen to an Elton John song, like the piano was busy as hell and it's all over. There's a reason it's just bass drums and Elton. Like there's no electric guitar on an Elton song till the fifth record because he's he's eating well, all the space up. No, it is. It is interesting. But I, I, and I, I'm thinking psychologically, developmentally, a child growing up continually piano lesson, piano lesson, piano lesson. So they get as as good as the three guys i just mentioned it, it is in a way all about them oh that's interesting um whereas perhaps ben would love person, that argument it's a naturally selfish instrument <laughs> <laughs> whereas perhaps a person with a guitar <laughs> selfish is yearning to play with other people <laughs> i guess i guess you can write letters to me now as well so all right we gotta get moving ben barton what are you bringing to the table tonight yeah, for the man. best song my guy craig finn is born in boston grows up in minneapolis Woo! goes back to boston to boston college and then comes back Woo! to minneapolis so he's working a day job at american express and he's in a band called lifter puller which this is a music podcast, so I'll just be frank. I don't really care for Lifter Puller. Um, and I actually went back YouTube and listened to two full Lifter Puller records today just to make sure I hadn't made a mistake. And I, I did not make a mistake. Good to um, And the reason why is because he's from Minneapolis. He was like imitating Husker Du and the replacements and doing his like overwrought lyrics. And it was like really, really, really art rocky. He was like, I don't want to sound like other bands. And it's really 
uh, he, he personally describes it as angular and that's perfect. It's like filled with sharp things and not making a lot of sense. They're really, really big in Minneapolis. Apparently during this stretch, they're like the biggest local band in Minneapolis and they can't get signed. They just cannot get signed. Being the biggest band in Minneapolis from 2006 or 1996 to 2000, it just doesn't get you signed. So he was like, we would play, you know, we'd play at the, the biggest clubs in Minneapolis and draw huge crowds. And then we'd draw 35 people in Chicago and we couldn't get a gig in New York. Like we just couldn't get anywhere. So he's banging his head against this wall for four years, quits. He's a married guy and his wife's like, you want to just keep working American Express and have babies in Minneapolis? And he's like, no, 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 listen, I got a better job in New York. Let's move to New York. He quits music. He moves to New York and he's working at the Digital Club Network, which is like this really, really early online site for live music. And so he's like working this day job. And basically for two years, he's just out on music. He's writing his own songs and stuff. Um, the bassist in the previous band um, comes with him to Brooklyn and he's also working a day job, also quit. So he's got a buddy who's in an improv troupe and the improv troupe's name is Mr. Ass. So the <laughs> Mr. Ass improv troupe says, you play guitar, we need a band. Like we need a band, like, like show up beforehand and play a couple of covers. And then when we do joke songs, you can be the band for Mr. Ass. He's the Mr. Ass house band. So he calls up his buddy from the old thing. He's like, don't you, aren't you, don't you miss playing music? Guys like, yeah, he's like, look, let's, let's do the Mr. Ass thing. So they pull together a band and that's the start of the hold steady. Is there the house that band for awesome. Mr. Ass? So, they're, they're Wait, more... We're going to have a counter for how many times you say Mr. Oh, ass I'm super podcast. into it. Believe me, it gets funnier every time I say it. It really ass does. man. So they're, they're like, he's like, while they're doing it, he's like, hey, man, you remember? I got some songs. Let's work on some songs. So they start putting together the songs. And then they uh, finally have an album's worth of material. They quit the Mr. Ass show. And they have the whole steady. And they get signed to a really, really, really tiny Brooklyn label. Um, and it's almost like a vanity project. And so the first record comes out and I thought the first record was okay. I thought the first record was okay. I wasn't blown away by the first record. You could tell right away that Craig Finn is a crazy storyteller. Um, like there's all these interlocking characters and they're running around selling drugs to each other and all getting high and fucking stuff up. The second record, Separation Sunday, comes out in 2005. And this record is an all-timer. So what changed for this guy between Lifter Polar and the Hold Steady? So along with the Mr. Ass thing, he's sitting around with Kluber, who's the name of the bassist in the first band and the guitarist in the second band. And they're watching the last waltz about the band. And he turns to Kluber and he's like, why aren't there any bands like this anymore? And the guy's like, we're going to be that band. So they're like, they take yeah. the best of classic rock. And in particular, yes. and he's super naked about this. I'm not talking out of school. He just borrows heavily from Springsteen. And actually the biggest difference between the first record and the second record is they add a keyboardist. And the keyboardist puts a whole other layer on it. And it's right. a complete Springsteen layer. And I don't like keyboards, but I mean, he's got the full organ thing and the piano thing on top of it. And it's the just a mustache and rock and roll. It oh really yeah, does. Totally. Tight little so cap. he's got an entire thing going and he recreates the Springsteen sound. And it's like those first couple of Springsteen records, it's all these interlocking songs um, where they've got the same characters coming back and forth between them, Lost in the Flood, um, you know, where these characters recur and that's 100% the hold steady. 
Um, Separation Sunday is my favorite. That's the best record. That's the song I'm going to choose off of it. Um, this song, I think, has got a claim to have the best three opening lyrics for any rock song. Um, and so I'll ask you to listen to it, and I'll explain the, the broader story. Your little hood rat friend makes me sick, Jeff Simons. But after I get no, sick, no, no, and after I get sick, I just get sad. Your little hood rat friend by the Hold Steady. Your little hood rat friend makes me sick. But after I get sick, I just get sad. Cause it burns being broke, hurts to be heartbroken, and always being both must be a drag. She's been calling me again. Friends been calling me again And I can't stand all the things That she sticks into her skin Like sharpened ballpoint pens And steel guitar strings She says it hurts But it's worth it Tiny little text Asked into her neck and said Jesus lived and died for all your sins She's got blue black ink And it's scratched into her lower back Says damn right I'll rise again Yeah damn right I'll rise again So here's several things so that I freaking love about that song and the record. The first thing is, and this is like, he, he goes through like 18 different guitar sounds. They've got seven different albums and each one's got a different guitar sound. They get the guitar sound perfect here. Like they've managed to capture that like shredding edge, more modern guitar sound along with the older Springsteen keyboards. And it creates like a really, really likable thing. The second thing is, this song is like steeped in this crazy Catholicism. Like there's a whole mm. born again thing. There's a redemption oh, yeah. arc to it. Oh, yeah. um, the first record, part of the problem with the first record is the main character of the first record is this guy, Charlemagne, who's basically a drug dealer and a pimp. Less likable. The main character on the second record is a woman named Hallelujah, who actually gets born again at the 530 folk mass. Like it's amazing. So in this song, he's singing to her, and he's talking about her friend, her little hood rat friend. And he's like, she makes me sick. And then the, the main chorus is, I'm not getting with your little hood rat friend. What makes you think that I'm getting with your little hood rat friend? Then the peak of the record, he and Hallelujah. And by the way, the main character, the narrator is Craig. That's weird. I wonder who that guy is. <laughs> <laughs> so he and Hallelujah are getting high at a, a matinee, which first of all, I love. Like, I don't know why I'm not doing that right now. And second, they're passed out in the matinee. She wakes up and he's gone. So she goes to the folk mass and um, actually like, like becomes a Catholic at that time. Like she's like, has her moment where she uh, confirms herself. At that exact moment in the song, he's getting with her little hood rat friend, which is how much this record circles on itself. It's just amazing. I'll just go ahead and recommend it all. I like his solar records. I like every single Hold Steady record. This is my favorite. There's no record, except this one maybe, where every song is good. But there's four or five good songs on every single one, including the 2019 one. There's another one coming out yeah. in 21. It's just the best. I like I would hear list like I would listen to that guy read the phone book to me like I just <laughs> um, so lots great. of agreement on my part I 
this is not my favorite Hold Steady record, but only because I got on the train on the next record, which is Boys and Girls in America. That was the right. first time I saw them live. Um, but uh, I love Separation Sunday. I like, I, I'm with Ben. Like, I, I start to get a little bit like, mm, I'm not so sure about these guys in the second half of Teeth Dreams. Um, I liked a bunch of songs on Thrashing Through the Passion, but it was not at the same quality. I do not like Craig Finn's solo records very much. That uh, You go from four to five good songs to one to two good songs. That's fair. Like, they just don't have the same. He need, He's a guy who really benefits from collaboration, like having the other guys to push against. My, my, my personal favorite Hold Steady story is that that is the last time I almost got into a real fight was oh. at the Hold Steady concert on the Heaven Is Whatever tour. Um, Susie, was, Susie and I went. She was six months pregnant with B, and we were hanging out in the back, minding our own business, not getting involved in the – and this – this drunk guy behind us just you know when drunk people make up their mind and just go from zero to 100 miles an hour he was like it's time for me to be in the front and he blasted through and knocked Sue's to the ground and oh. i i had the mist of red cromagdon my pregnant wife has been knocked to the ground and i'm oh, going to, have to i have to beat this guy to a pulp and then have a conversation to him about manners. And I just take off after him and I'm like, it's packed. We're at the mezzanine in San Francisco. And I'm like jumping past shoulders and through and I've, and I've got my hand on his coat collar and I'm about to, I mean, I've got the whole thing. I'm about to turn him around and put my knee into his face and he slips away and I'm grabbing and I lose him. And as I'm getting back up to force my way through, I have a, you know, the last time I checked in my wife, she was, on the ground of this rock club. <laughs> and I turn around and I've Big made call. it like 30 feet through the crowd. I have to like work my way back. And she's oh, standing there like looking at me like, what in the hell just happened? Rage. And I'm like, it was rage. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. See what happened was, is I was going to defend your honor. But I've never more clearly intended to bestow violence on another human being than I did in those like, 11 and a half seconds and then they went into chill out tent which i just thought was the most hilarious thing i was like boy do i need the chill out tent more than anybody in this audience so that's great so i've seen them i've seen them three times and it actually it tells a little bit of the story of rock music generally first they just hit too late like this is a band that i promise would have been gargantuan if they had come out in the 90s yeah and they're just at the far end of the crest um i saw them at bonnaroo and that summer, so this is 2006, right? Yeah. That show was great. And they played everywhere. They played Glastonbury. They played a whole bunch of festivals. That was, that, that was the Boys and Girls. That was yep. a really, 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 I mean, for them, a pretty big record. Um, then later I saw them at the Bijou in Knoxville, which is not a huge theater, but it's a 700-seat theater. Like, you have to have a, like, to play Knoxville, you've got to have a medium-sized crowd. 2010, they play the Square Room, which holds yeah. 250 people. And um, that and the funny thing is the Bisha show is worse. The Square Room show is great. They can be a little bit uneven. I think he's a little bit of a moody guy. Yeah. Um, but uh, by the time they play the Square Room, and then they haven't come back. Like they, 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 when they tour now, they only tour major cities and stay for three days. Um, it's just a really tough living to eke it out. I heard yeah. an amazing podcast with him. So it's a Recode podcast. And the guy who hosts it is his best friend from middle school in Minneapolis. Oh, that's awesome. And because it's a Recode podcast, it's just about the business side. Like they didn't talk about the songwriting or the guitar playing or anything. And the business side was just freaking gripping. 
like basically what a hard time he's had making a living and that he's just kind of basically holding on by his fingernails. Um, Jeff, what's the most lucrative song they've ever released? Oh, you're never going to get it. It's called like the bear and the damsel and it's no a way. game of that Thrones one? song. Oh yeah. Oh God. Of course. Yeah. It's the, the closing song on one of the Game of Thrones seasons on yep. HBO. And basically yep. those Game of Thrones guys throw a bone. to They did the national too. They'll throw a bone to somebody once a year. And it was yeah. them. And on Spotify, like that's their most listened to song. Like it's crazy. Wow. Wow. But I mean, he was like, yeah, we were in a Budweiser ad and I was the Game of Thrones thing. And then I was background in some other movie. I mean, it all adds up. It was really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, well, we're bringing I, uh, it all back with River Run. Like, this yeah. Is the return of it actually right. made me think of the conversation right. we had about River Run. It's the exact same thing. Yeah. Yep. I, I just, when I, so this I'm a was a uh, as well. <laughs> this was top three for my picks as well, Ben. I, I've, got, I've got the whole study coming up, but I wanted to pick this song for 2005 because it's probably 25 years um, since I heard the term hood rat. You know, like probably 1980 oh, yeah. was the last time yeah. I heard someone go that hood rat over there. It was like the fact that he brings that back and makes it into the song and, and opens the song with it. I, I was just dying. I, I was I was all in right at that moment. It's a it's the, one of the rare rock songs that translates easily to the girls. It's a great, mm. great, great song story. And also the fact right. like the, like all the tattoos and the stuff in her skin and stuff yeah. for 2005 is really, really, really out there. But I mean, it perfectly describes what happens. Period. Yeah. I mean, like, all right. What do you got for us, well, Tim, uh, Tim, man? You guys have done well. You guys have done well. Uh, I'm impressed with your choices tonight. You, you've come up short uh, once again, sadly. Uh, Jeff Simons, do you know the new pornographers? I do know the new pornographers. It, it's, a, it's a band I hesitated to embrace uh, because they were into pornography. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. But <laughs> thank you very much. But what I want you to do, and I'll explain why I love this song so much uh, at the end. I want you to go to 145 of The Bleeding Heart Show. The Bleeding Heart Show by the new pornographers. So yeah, I don't know anything about the new pornographers. I just love it when a song goes somewhere. 
it gets somewhere, it, it reaches a, a, a new place, it, it goes to some sort of crescendo. And when they start kind of singing in sync, hey, yeah, hey, yeah, I, I'm in, I'm in. I want to join in uh, like, like a member of the polyphonic spree. Oh, I remember those guys. They had like 200,000 <laughs> members. Yeah. I'm in. Um, I like this record. I prefer the song Sing Me Spanish Techno, which is just a killer, hilarious song from the same record. Um, okay. There are lots of new pornographers records. They're not dissimilar to the Hold Steady. They make a record every two years and they're consistently uh, successful. They, they're a little more hit and miss with me because they have five songwriters in the yes. band and I really yes. dislike a couple of them. So like... Right the record will be grooving along. I'll be like, Hey, that's three in a row. I like, and then there'll be like just a, uh, halting. So I have to, I have to like take a whole, a, a, a new pornography record and like pick a bunch of tracks out and make it into like a half an hour that I, I dig, but I'm able to do that record after record. So, so I, I had a um, whole steady was in the top five, but like vying for the top spot for 2005 was a song by arcade fire, a song by new pornographers, a song by uh, Clap Your Hands and Say Yeah. Oh, was all, that this year? I loved it. Yeah. All three bands I really don't know anything about. I've seen Arcade Fire. It was a great show. Uber, uber intense. Um, but I really haven't followed up with any of those bands to any great extent. Clap Your Hands Say Yeah. I have their first record in like 17 years coming out next week. Oh, do they really? Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, re they reformed. The song that I cannot believe we didn't choose, which is my number two of the year, and if I'd known that Ben was was committed to the whole study, I might have gone, is uh, Losing My Edge by LCD Sound System. Oh, oh I, I might do All My Friends next year, yeah, which is a much better song. I yeah. love Losing My Edge. That whole, I was there, that whole... Oh, it makes me laugh every time. It kills all me. The I played it for Dolly, and she didn't... I mean, it's really hard, because the references are all from when she didn't understand she's got the general edge. concept but it makes me laugh and the thing that's amazing about that song is that every other reference i'm like i don't even know that one but then the ones yeah. that i know make me laugh and, <laughs> he's like, oh, he's and then like, you oh. feel bad for not knowing the ones you don't know that's no, what's so brilliant about it I don't know them <laughs> like, how did i not know that one if i know the other ones like oh, oh yeah love, no, i sure. love that song man Oh, That's now I got to go listen to that. Losing like, my edge. The Japanese import, not the original. Such yeah. a great show. <laughs> I was with Beefheart when he got the band together. I said, don't do it that way. Do it this way. <laughs> <laughs> All That's right, awesome. guys. We have run on way too long because uh, we love music. You know what I love about this podcast? Is it's what? over right when it should be over. That's right. Every, <laughs> every episode ends right on time. Let's go. All right, gentlemen. See you next week. Well yeah, done, Timmy. Thank you, so fun. Bye now. Bye-bye. Hey, if you're having as much fun as we are, leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a rating on Spotify, iHeartRadio. Wherever you listen to podcasts, give us a shout. And then check us out on Twitter or at our Facebook page, 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. 
Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric Acid. Hey there, I'm DC. I host the Rock Podcast. Back to the arena, the interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the interview. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.